One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. have a Bible, you can grab it and turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And today is a little different. Uh, this won't be as much of a sermon as it is, maybe a teaching and, and a little bit of a discussion, uh, processing really where God has taken us. Uh, and, and specifically, I want to take some time just to reflect on the incredible time that we had together last Sunday and our special guests, uh, Russ and Kim Klein, their daughter Shekinah. If you weren't with us, I just got to tell you, you missed out. God moved in an incredible way. I encourage you, go watch, uh, go back and watch the video if you weren't there, listen to the podcast. Uh, but we had a wonderful time, not just with a guest speaker, but really a prophetic gift. And I would even say that Russ and Kim really minister in the office of a prophet and or of prophets. And I know for some of us that may be language that maybe sounds super religious, super churchy, um, and maybe we're not comfortable with it. Uh, but ultimately, it's language that's in the Bible, just as God has given pastors and other uh, leadership roles. The role of a prophet is an important role. And ultimately, not just for that gift to function in and of itself, but to create a prophetic people, to help us to be a prophetic community. And um, that word prophet is in the Old Testament, it, it, literally, it means a seer. Literally, the literal transla translation is a seer, one who sees. And so to be prophetic means that we are seeing not just with our natural eyes, hearing not just with our natural ears, feeling not just with our natural senses, but we have a supernatural sensitivity. In other words, we are discerning where God is taking us. And that is a wonderful thing. In fact, the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians uh, verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 1, it says, pursue love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts or the things the Holy Spirit does. Pursue love. I think we would all say love. I'm on board for love. Love is good. But how about spiritual gifts? It says, eagerly desire, Paul says, spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And so if we are going to eagerly desire spiritual gifts and we're going to desire prophecy, we need to understand what prophecy is. And I want you to know that prophecy is a wonderful gift. Prophecy brings this dynamic expectation, this dynamic awareness uh, that God is moving, that he's not left us alone, that we're not just stumbling through the dark, but uh, the light has been turned on. God is leading us. God is guiding us as he led Israel through the wilderness with uh, a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. We sense, not physically, but we sense in our spirit, God's leading us. And, and I believe that God wants all of us to have that uh, prophetic expectation, prophetic excitement, prophetic sensitivity that we are headed somewhere. And uh, I have to admit, some of the greatest things in my life have been spurred on uh, or precipitated by the gift of prophecy. And so I hope every one of us desires prophecy. But I also know that for some of us, perhaps we've been in an environment where there have been things done or said in the name of prophecy that were not at all true 
prophecy. The fact is that for every authentic, there is always a counterfeit. For everything that God does, the enemy and even our own flesh often can counterfeit it. In fact, we see throughout the Old Testament that there were false prophets that would prophesy things that were not from God. But uh, it's important for us to understand what is prophecy so that we can discern what is genuine and what is not. Uh, I remember when I was in Bible college, uh, there was a guy that uh, got kicked out of the school because he was going around telling women, uh, thus says the Lord, marry me. (laughs) <laughs> now, you know, you can't blame the guy for trying. That's a, uh, I guess that's a Bible college pickup line. But ultimately, that was not the Holy Spirit. That was his own flesh at best, <laughs> trying to, to pick up girls. But, you know, we can't abandon it just because there is an abuse of it. In fact, whenever there is an abuse or a, an abnormal use, it means by definition that there is an intended use. And, of course, there have been things done in the name of prophecy, in the name of the prophetic, that have been abused. But we don't want to abandon it. We want to understand it. Just like, um, you know, a car. A car can be a wonderful thing. In fact, I used a car to get here today. I'm so glad for a car. But a car can also hurt people, can destroy lives if it's not used properly. And the Apostle Paul gives us a wonderful uh, little passage that helps us to understand how do we use prophecy? What's the purpose of prophecy? And so I want to read this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In verse 26, Paul says this. He's talked about eagerly desiring spiritual gifts. And then he goes on to say this, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, that's an important phrase, when you come together or you get together as the church, each of you has a psalm, a teaching, a tongue, a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Now, let me pause right there because this is an important thing. It shows the the duality of both individuals having gifts. He says, each one of you has a psalm, a teaching, a tongue, a revelation. And I think that's important for us to recognize that that all of God's children have gifts. When the Holy Spirit comes into our our lives, we receive the gifts of the Spirit. We can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Sometimes we think, you know, gifts are just for super spiritual people or, you know, very mature people. But All of us can function in these gifts. He says, each of you have one of these gifts, but it's important that you come together. You you see, there's, there's a unique dynamic of spiritual gifts that gets released when the church gets together. There is a synergy that is released through the gifts when we get together, and all of the gifts are important. Not only prophecy, but the gift of hospitality, the gift of administration, People that love to put things in order and create checklists and all of that. That's wonderful. Um, The gift of teaching, the gift of helps, all of these things are important. But he says, let all things be done for edification. He says in verse 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn. Notice that. And let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church. He's talking about speaking in tongues. And let him speak to himself and to God. Then he says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. 
But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy. How many all can prophesy one by one? That all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Paul is giving a wonderful encouragement about spiritual gifts. And he's saying, hey, everybody has spiritual gifts. Uh, You can all operate. You can all prophesy. But he's also bringing some balance. And I believe that one of the, the most important things for us to learn how to use specifically the gift of prophecy is that we have to learn how to do it in balance. Uh, If there was ever a church that Paul could have been tempted to say, guys, no more spiritual gifts, no more tongues, no more prophecy, it would be the church in Corinth. If you know the story of the church in Corinth, Paul had started the church, he had preached the gospel, a community had formed of, of Jesus followers, they heard about the Holy Spirit, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all started operating in these spiritual gifts. But it was like spiritual gifts gone wild. Everybody was just using their gifts all at once. And really, it was not the intended use. It wasn't building up the body. It was just chaotic. One person was speaking in tongues. Another person was given prophecy. Another person was teaching. And if you read the whole book, you'll see even some people were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper, at communion. So if there was ever a time that, um, you know, Paul, as a spiritual father, would have done the fatherly, I'm putting my foot down, no more spiritual gifts. This could have been the moment. I don't know if you have ever had that, if you're a dad, if you've ever had one of those dad moments. No more of this. Everybody be quiet. Well, that could have been a moment that Paul had. If there was ever a place where Paul, as a spiritual father, would have said, put away the prophetic, put away the the, the gift of tongues, no more prophecy, this would have been the moment. But I want you to see that Paul doesn't say, put it away. He says, I want you to learn how to process it. There is a process. He, he, He brings order to the gifts. And I believe that the greatest way for us to deal with abuses around the gifts is to recognize the genuine. I don't know if you realize this, but in a bank, the way they learn to recognize counterfeit money is by studying the genuine. Because when you understand fully the genuine, you will begin to recognize when there is a counterfeit. And here Paul gives us a wonderful process for genuine prophecy. And I want you to know as a church, we want to be a people that are open to the gifts of the Spirit. We want to be people that are aware of what God is saying and of what God is doing, not just corporately, but also individually. God wants to speak to you. God can give you a word. God can give you a uh, a message. You know, even this building that we are moving into uh, was guided by the prophetic. There was prophetic words that we had. I won't go into all of the details of those words, but we just sense God's leading us. God's guiding us. And God wants each of us to live with that sense of excitement. God is with us. God's moving us forward. He's leading us. And in order to do that, we need to learn how to process the prophetic. And so I want to look at a few things out of this passage that I believe we need to do if we're going to learn how to 
walk in the prophetic, and if we're going to be people that are uh, mature in spiritual gifts, we need to learn how to process the prophetic. And so I want to look at these things, and also I want to apply it to even last week, just kind of a group exercise as a case study on how do we walk out the prophetic. So the first thing I want you to see, if we are going to process the prophetic, the first thing is we have to release it and receive it. We have to release it and we have to receive it. Notice what Paul says in verse 27. He says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. So he's first talking about those who are delivering or are releasing a gift. And he's saying there is a way that you need to do it in order for it to be most or best received by the church, by the body. How you release it matters. And, you know, tonight in the football game, there will be, I I don't know the outcome of the game, but there will be two teams that will both be trying to move the ball down the field. They will each have a quarterback or, um, you know, a variety of quarterbacks that will throw the ball. And that quarterback will not just throw the ball, but he will try to throw the ball to the best place for it to be received. And, and uh, the release matters. He doesn't just go on the field and throw it out any old way, any, you know, in any direction. He's throwing it intentionally. And the same is true when it comes to releasing prophecy. Paul says this, that it, it should be done in order that it should not be chaotic. There shouldn't be a bunch of people uh, all speaking at once. And you know, in some circles, people tend to think the more chaotic it is, the more spiritual it is. And nothing could be further from the truth. God is a God of order. Life happens in order. And so God wants prophecy to function in order. And in fact, last Sunday, we had a wonderful example of that in uh, our guests, in Russ and Kim and Shekinah. There was a beautiful order in the way that they functioned in the prophetic, even order and submission. It wasn't just, I'm the prophet, I'm here to do my thing. There was a sense of togetherness. Russ was so sensitive to the time of the service. Of course, we want to make room for God to move, but he was so sensitive to that, working within the time that it was allotted to him or that he had been given to speak within. And so he was dismissing the service uh, because it wasn't just about him doing his thing. He's also recognizing, hey, there's people that, that set up and tear down. And there's people that are serving with the kids. And if they don't do what they're doing, I can't do what I'm doing. So we need to be working together in order. And so prophecy always needs to be done in order. Paul says two or three should speak one at a time. In other words, it's not just everybody, let it rip. Uh, There is an order. There is boundaries in the way that that gift should function. And, And he also goes on to say that the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. In other words, Uh, Just because it is prophecy doesn't mean that you can't control it. And sometimes in in some environments, people, you know, God touches people. God touches their emotions. They are, are emotional. And that's wonderful. God has given us 
emotions. But what Paul is saying is that you shouldn't be led by your emotions. You should be led by the spirit. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. And so emotions are wonderful followers. When God touches us, our emotions will follow, but they're horrible leaders. And so he's, Paul says how you release it. Don't be carried away, he says in 1 Corinthians, carried away by emotions. And so practically speaking, when we operate in the prophetic, when we release a prophetic word, it's wise to not allow our emotions to rule, but to be led by the Spirit. Russ did an incredible job just in the way he released the word last week. He uh, not only did he speak it, but he also uh, had things written down. And that's a wonderful thing for those who operate or when we operate in a prophetic word to write it down so that it can be best received. And so it needs to be released, but it also needs to be received. That quarterback, regardless of how good a quarterback throws the ball, if the receiver doesn't receive it, it won't be a completion. And the same is true with prophecy. He says, not only does it need to be released, but it needs to be received. People need to be ready. They need to be open. And, and they need to grab hold of it. Uh, just like that receiver in football gets open, gets into a position where they're open. Uh, God often speaks to us when we're open, when we're ready. Uh, practically speaking, uh, Paul says here, when you come together. Uh, in other words, there, there's something about coming together that is uh, demonstrating our openness, that we want to hear from God. And I believe every time we come together as a church, whether it's online, whether it's in house church, whether it's an all church gathering, there should always be this readiness, this openness, like the receiver would say, over here, over here, I'm open. That that should be our posture, that we should say, God, speak to, speak for your servant is listening. I'm ready. I'm open. And not only am I open, but I'm going to grab hold of it. I love what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 13. He says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Notice there is that process. He said, you, you welcomed it. You received it. Now it's working in you who believe. And when we receive, whether it's a prophetic word or whether it's a teaching, it's important how we receive it. There's an openness that we are, even when the word is being preached or taught from the scripture, that there is this openness of God. I'm wanting to hear from you. Because I recognize, as Paul said, it's not just the word of men, it's the word of God. And so I'm open, I'm, I'm ready, I'm receptive, and I'm going to grab a hold of it. Practically speaking, that means that we need to remember what God says. You know, sometimes God speaks to us, and maybe prophetically or maybe through Scripture, but we can't really take hold of it because we just can't remember it. And the Word of God is perfect, but our memory is flawed. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments where you're like, I know God spoke to me. I just don't remember what he said. That's another reason why it's a wonderful idea to write down prophetic words. And even if the person delivering the word doesn't write it down, uh, I often grab my phone 
And I, if someone begins to prophesy over me, I get voice memos. I open it up and I press record because I won't remember what they say. And I can't walk it out if I've not received it. And so I hold on to it. I, I, I want to remember it. And so number one, we need to release it and receive it. Number two, we need to weigh it, weigh it. You know, all of our words carry weight. Whether we recognize it or not, our words carry weight, but different words carry different weight. Maybe you remember when you were a kid, if you had siblings, maybe your mom or dad would send you to give a message to your siblings. Hey, go tell your brothers to clean up the room. And you'd go in and say, clean up the room. And they'd be like, who are you? <laughs> You're not the boss of me. But then if you said, mom said, or dad said, clean up the room. Wow, suddenly there's different weight. Hopefully there's different weight, different authority to it. And so when it comes to the prophetic, we need to weigh the word that is given to determine, okay, is this just the, the word of man or is this the word of God? And so we need to weigh it. Or as Paul says, we need to judge it. Now, I want you to notice that judging it does not mean that you're not eager to receive it. When we weigh a word or we judge a word, we're not devaluing it. Uh, just because a prophecy is given doesn't mean that we have to take everything that's said as an authoritative word of God. We've got to weigh it. Is this the word of God? Is this the word of men? So we need to weigh it. Uh, three things I think we need to weigh the word, a prophetic word with. We need to weigh it, number one, against Scripture. Against Scripture. What does, what does the Bible say? Is this in line with the Bible? Does it, does it carry weight the authority. Of course, ultimately, the Bible is the ultimate authority, and no prophecy carries the same weight as, as Scripture. But we do need to weigh prophecy against Scripture. If somebody says the word of the Lord is, go rob a bank, well, you know that's not from God, because you know the Bible says, thou shalt not steal. So you can say, that's not God's word. But if, if there's a word like, like we heard on Sunday, there were some incredible words that, um, that God was calling us to be naturally supernatural, that God was wanting to release the hug of heaven among us, that God was wanting to uh, give us um, some creative forms of outreach. Well, we know God is for all of those things. Why? Because we see it in the scripture. So we need to weigh the prophetic against scripture. We also need to weigh it against discernment. You know, ultimately, uh, you don't have to hear from God through somebody else. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, you can hear God for yourself. That means that prophecy is oftentimes not um, directional, but it is confirming what God is already speaking to us. If God is already speaking to you, then prophecy should be confirming what you're already discerning in your heart. If you feel that God has called you to business and somebody says, I see you as a teacher. Well, maybe you weigh that. That may be of God. It may not be, but you have discernment. You know, the Apostle Paul got a word from the prophet Agabus in the book of Acts 
Paul was headed to Jerusalem and Agabus came and kind of gave this creative, um, visual, prophetic demonstration where he took Paul's belt and he tied up his hands, tied up his feet and and laid on the ground. And he said, this is what's going to happen to you in Rome. If you go to Rome, this is what's going to happen to you. Well, Paul knew that what Agabus was saying was true. It was a true prophetic word, but Paul already knew as an apostle that God had called him to Rome. And so he had the discernment to know that although this was a word of of warning, it was actually preparation that God was already preparing Paul for what was ahead of him. Paul operated in discernment. And so number one, we weigh the prophetic against scripture. We weigh the prophetic against our own discernment. And then the third thing, we weigh the prophetic against wise counsel. Uh, Paul or Peter says this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, that we have the prophetic word confirmed. Notice that it's been confirmed, which you do well to heed is a light that shines in a dark place until the dawn uh, the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. He's talking about when we see Jesus and we can see fully. He says, until then we have prophecy knowing this. First, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, it's, it, prophecy is not just God's secret to you. If God is speaking to you, God will confirm it. He says the prophetic word confirmed. And, and sometimes one of the errors of the prophetic or of prophecy is using God told me as a trump card against everything else. Uh, the, I don't know if you've ever talked to somebody like that and they're doing something that you just know is not good, maybe making bad decisions, but they say, God told me. is like they've thrown down the trump card. What do you say when they say, God told me? And ultimately, even when it is a word from God, it will be confirmed, Peter says. It will be confirmed through godly counsel. It's no private interpretation. God's speaking. If he's speaking to you, it will be confirmed with wise counsel from other people. And so we need to weigh the prophecy against scripture. We need to weigh it against our own discernment. We also need to weigh it against wise counsel. Um, uh, my, my brother-in-law, who was with us a few weeks ago, visiting with us from Austin, Texas, uh, a couple of years ago was living in Portland, Oregon. And uh, it was the place that he, uh, a neighborhood he loved, a job he loved, a city he loved. But one morning, God woke him up and he felt prompted to go on a walk in his neighborhood. And he felt like God was calling him to leave Portland, this place that he had always wanted to be, he and his family to uproot them and to go back to Austin, Texas. And uh, I mean, this was a major change. And so he took it, he shared it with his wife. They were praying into it. And then they went to their small group in our church. It would be like their house church. They went to their house church and they didn't say anything to their house church. They just said, guys, we want you to pray in, pray with us. We sense that God is speaking to us and we want to bring this to you guys without saying what it was. And they said, can we just take some time and let's listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and see if God speaks anything to you. So they took some time just sitting in silence. And they responded. And one of the uh, other members of the group said, I see you walking in your neighborhood in the cool of the morning. And he said, I see the sun rising and I see the sun 
setting. In other words, it was a beginning and it was an end and it was confirmation of what God had spoken to him. So he could take that bold step, that daring step, because not only did he have the word, but it had been confirmed. And so we need to recognize that when God speaks to us, we need to weigh the word. Last week, it was so beautiful as Russ prepared to minister prophetically. I love the way he just kind of teed it up by saying, you know, he said, um, even if even if we don't prophesy over you, God can still speak to you. In other words, he wasn't saying, I'm the oracle of God. If you want to hear from God, you've got to come to me. He's saying, hey, yes, I, I, I'm going to minister in the gift of prophecy, but you can hear from God. What was he doing? He was just kind of lowering the, the sense of heaviness. He was saying, I'm willing to allow this word to be weighed. He also said, you know, don't make decisions according to prophecy. Uh, He was saying it will confirm what God has, has spoken to you. It was such a beautiful demonstration of a prophet being willing to both operate in that gift, but allow their words to be weighed. I think practically speaking, when we deliver a word, one of the ways that we can do it Uh, really with grace is simply by saying, I don't know if this is God, but I sense this. I have this on my heart. It doesn't have to be thus saith the Lord, you know, King James. Sometimes people think in order to deliver a word, they've got to do it in King James English, and they've got to kind of change their voice in order to sound more spiritual. And God uses you. We saw a beautiful demonstration of that. So number one, we need to release it and receive it. Number two, we need to weigh it. Weigh it. Does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with our own discernment? Does it line up with wise counsel? And then number three, we need to activate it. Activate it. You see, ultimately, the word, whether it's uh, the, the written word in scripture or the revealed word in prophecy, The word doesn't do any good if we don't have action, if we don't take action. Uh, The book of James says that faith without deeds is dead. And I love what Paul says to Timothy, his son in the faith, in 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. He says, I charge you, and this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. In other words, he's saying wage warfare, fight the fight of faith, move forward according to the prophecies that have been made concerning you. Again, no prophecy is equal in authority to Scripture, but prophecy is uh, is given by God in order to help us to fight the fight of faith. And so we need to not just hear the word, not just write it down, but we've got to activate it. Practically speaking, that means we can't just put it on the shelf. God spoke things over our church last Sunday. And if that was just a, we clap, we felt good, God was here, and we leave and we do nothing with it, let me tell you, it'll be a good service and that's it. We need to activate it. We need to take hold of it. We need to remember it. That's part of the reason I'm taking this time today is just process the prophetic because I want to help you. I want to help us to activate what God has spoken over us. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that teaching again from Russ. And I believe not just last week, but on a regular basis. I think it's so important that we 
Take notes. Now, maybe you're not a writer. Maybe, maybe you want to put it in your phone digitally, or maybe you want to just go back and listen to it. However you need to remember it and review it so that you can activate it, I believe it's so important. We need to remember it, we need to review it, and then we need to pray it. And so already this week, I've been praying, God, thank you for those words. Thank you, Father, that that we are moving into everything that you have for us. God, thank you that we're going to be naturally supernatural. I'm praying, God, let there be healings. Let there be miracles. Let there be supernatural things that get the attention of the world around us. What am I doing? I'm waging war, according to the prophecies made concerning us. God, release the hug of heaven. Release that Abba Father heart over our church. And I don't know what prophetic words God has put over your life. Maybe it wasn't through a prophet. Maybe it was something God just put in your heart. Maybe it was listening to a teaching and you just felt there's something in this that is for me. I want to encourage you, go back over those things. Remember those things. I have a file on my phone. I use Evernote. I have a file of prophetic words. And seasonally, I go back over them. Why? Because I'm waging the good warfare according to the prophecies made concerning me. There's prophecies that God has given to me over our church, over our family. I've been given prophecies over my children. And I hold on to those things. I review them. I pray them. And I pray that God will bring those things to pass over you. And so I hope that encourages you today, church. I know it's a little different, not necessarily preaching, maybe a little practical, maybe just processing it together. But I I want to encourage you. God wants us to be a prophetic people. Maybe you would say, like I had said in the past, I've never heard the voice of God. Well, let me encourage you with this. Be faithful. Be faithful with what God has given you. Practically speaking, one of the ways that we can develop spiritual sensitivity is by reading the Scripture. When we, when we read the Scripture, we study the Scripture. It, it, it's, like, um, it's like a coffee connoisseur developing their palate, developing the sensitivity of their palate to discern the nuances. God is speaking. The question is, can we hear? And that's my prayer for every one of us as we move forward into everything that God has for us, that we would not be people that are blind and deaf and oblivious spiritually to what God is saying, but that we would be people that would say, like Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful community of people. Father, I thank you that although we are flawed, although we are human, and Lord, we are frail, God, thank you that you choose to move through broken vessels, through imperfect vessels. And Father, we thank you for the gift of prophecy. We thank you for the gift of the prophets. Lord, we thank you for all of the gifts. But Lord, today we pray, would you help us, Lord, to be people that don't abandon prophecy out of abuse, but Lord, that we would be people that that learn to process the prophetic so that we can move into everything that you have for us. God, thank you that as we move forward in this year, thank you that you have a wonderful future for every single one of us. Help us, Lord, to move forward in faith. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. 
Well, church, thank you so much for being with us today. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. And I hope that you are releasing and receiving everything that God has for you. Can't wait to see you next Sunday back at the Winter Park Community Center. We're going to dedicate some babies. We're going to celebrate our anniversary. And we're going to kick off a brand new season on possessing the land. I can't wait to see you then.